0: straight talk from Israel.
1: You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
0: A weak government breeds emboldened terrorism. That's what I'm going to be talking about today, a weak government and uh, all that it does. We are going to be uh, taking your calls if you want to call in as well and weigh in on the issue. We are live if you're listening on Sunday afternoon here, Israel time between 4 to 5 p.m. Holy time, or if it's between 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern time, That means that we are going to uh, be broadcasting at that time as well for you if you are in the Western Hemisphere at that time. All right. Uh, Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. We also are planning to have on a doctor on the show today who's going to be talking about trying to get into Israel and the tourism locked door, the locked door in tourism. We're going to try to have him on today as well. A lot coming up. I want to say hi to all of the listeners who are listening and from all over the globe. It is so nice to see all of these countries' flags all over the United States and Canada, even the Islamic Republic of Iran. Shalom to you there. Australia, Israel, of course, Morocco, Uganda, Jamaica, Brazil, Ireland, the Netherlands, France, Argentina, Mexico, Peru, and Japan. Hi to all of you who are listening in from all over. It's such a pleasure to see listeners from all over the world who are interested in Israel and Judaism. And we give it to you here all free on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I want to remind you all also that we are branching out now into some... Video if you want to see our videos, you can go to rumble.com because they're fortunately they don't censor anyone yet so rumble.com/ slash user slash I-N-T-R for Israel News Talk Radio, I-N-T-R. You can also find that link on our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. At the top of the page is a green bar going across there that says you can come to our live video shows. You can register. It's free. And you can also subscribe to us on Rumble.com slash user slash I-N-T-R if you've missed the live stream uh, but want to watch it on demand later. All right, so we're going to be talking about a weak government And when it breeds, we'll be right back.
1: Hello, I am Walter Bingham. If you want to hear the news behind the news and the true perspective on world affairs, then the Walter Bingham File is the program for you. We bring you interviews with the movers and shakers, political commentaries and on-the-spot reports of events as they happen. All here every Tuesday, 4 p.m. Israel time, 9 a.m. Eastern time. And it's all archived on our website. Make it a date.
0: right. A weak government breeds emboldened terrorism. Now I want you all to know, I love Israel. I served in the army here. My father served in the army here and fought in the War of Independence. My sons all served in the army here. We are a people who, we are a family, we are people who love our land, love our nation, and served our state. But I am very unhappy with this present government coalition and our present government because we live in a tough neighborhood That's the Middle East. And we have to be tough. And tough talk doesn't cut it. And surely soft and weak talk is just humiliating. I want you to hear these headlines from Arut Sheva, from the terror attack that took place last Thursday and stole the life of a young father and husband listen to this bennett eulogizes shooting victim prime minister naftali bennett sent his condolences to the family of the man killed in a shooting last night there this is already from uh friday in samaria and the article goes thus prime minister naftali bennett recently sent his condolences to the family uh, of Yehuda Dementman, who was killed in a shooting last night near the Sumerian town of Homesh. Quote, at this time, Yehuda Dementman, I think that's how you pronounce his last name, may God avenge his death is being laid to rest. He was a wise student full of love for Israel, with a constant smile on his face. One of the things that people are saying constantly about him is that he had a sense of purpose. He was an honest man who engaged in Torah study and worked for the settlement of the land. Following Israel's departure from Gush Katif, he, that's the southern area that Hamas now is has taken over and launches rockets from, by the way, Following Israel's departure from Gush Katif, he chose to study at the Homesh Yeshiva. Homesh is a uh, resettlement in the land of Israel, in the Sumerian region. It was also, at the same time, Gush Katif communities were taken down and handed over to the Gazans, the, the Arabs in Gaza. They also took out, I believe it was, two or four Sumerian communities as well. Homesh was one of them. He believed in it and acted fearlessly on those beliefs. Last night he was shot to death while on his way home to watch his infant son, David. Yehuda, the man that was killed, was murdered only because he was a Jew living in his country. So far everything is correct. This is an inconceivable reality that we will never come to terms with. We will not be silent until we are until we uh, catch the heinous murderers and bring them to account. By the way, they've been caught. Uh, my deepest condolences to his wife, parents, and the entire family. The people of Israel will eventually live securely in this land. May his memory be a blessing. You know, I remember when the terror attack took place and the first article, headline that I saw was We Will Catch the Terrorists. As if that's supposed to make everything better. As if it's going to bring back the life of Yehuda. Bring back the husband that is missing, the father that is missing from this young family. I'm looking at his young, beautiful wife and his young, beautiful child and thinking that their lives have been destroyed by the death of their father, who was killed by terrorists, and terrorist attacks are all of a sudden coming up more and more now. And I believe it's because of this government. Let me explain. This government is made by a group of, uh, a coalition of such diverse parties of diverse ideas and values you've got our so-called right wing yamina party in with the left and the left claim that they are for the land of Israel and 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 uh they even call themselves the what do they call themselves the new zionists or the zionist uh what I forget what what uh, Bennett calls his, not not Bennett um uh, new the former chief of staff, I'm forgetting his name, I've got, got his name in my his face in my in my head here. Benny Gantz. And they're sitting together in a coalition with the Arab parties who do not recognize Israel, who embolden the terrorists, who support the terrorists. And if Israel does anything against the terrorists, anything that the Arab members of this coalition deem unacceptable, their government can fall, because if the Arabs in this present coalition, in the Knesset, leave this coalition, they will not have the mandatory 61 seats they need in order to lead a government. Remember, there are 120 members of Knesset in the parliament, in order to lead the country and form a government, you have to have at least half or over half, 61 seats, to be able to form a coalition, and that coalition will choose its prime minister. They've chosen Naftali Bennett, and he got his way because he was, I guess, a good negotiator. He says, if you want me in your coalition and you want to get BB out, Benjamin Netanyahu, I want to be prime minister first and after the first two years we'll rotate and then Yair Lapid from the left will come in and he can be the prime minister. But they needed the Arabs in with them in order to garner enough seats in the Knesset. And by having the Arabs, which are these Arabs are enemies of Israel, Ahmed Tibi has a picture of Yasser Arafat, arch terrorist, hanging up in his office in the Israeli Knesset, believe it or not. These are the people that Israel pays salaries to, gives offices to, gives power to. And if these Arabs in the Knesset decide that they don't like what the present Israeli government under Bennett is doing, they just threaten to leave. And because Bennett and all the sars, all the uh, ministers in the government don't want to lose their positions, don't want to lose their power, it is my opinion and understanding that they acquiesce to the demands of the Arabs. They don't want the House of Cards to fall. They don't want their government to collapse and this is what we're dealing with and this is why in my opinion there is more terror in the last several months here in Israel because they feel they've got a get out of card a get out of jail card because of the arabs in this government and the power they yield. They are certainly not the majority of the government of Israel or of the Knesset, yet they hold the ability to be able to make this House of Cards government under Bennett collapse. And with that power, they can go a long way into seeing more dead Jews and more terrorists emboldened. If I were the wife of Yehuda. Well, I'm enraged. Any- I was going to say I would be so enraged, but I'm so enraged anyway. Do you think that killing the terrorists or arresting them or whatever it is that you do with the terrorists is going to bring back my Yehuda? That's just some justice, but it's certainly not prevention. Again, we live in a tough neighborhood. And you've got to be tough. And it's not enough, enough to talk tough. And he's not even talking tough because saying that we're going to uh, catch these terrorists is just like, hello, of course you have to do that. That's your job. But it's also your job to prevent the terror, to put so much fear inside these terrorists' hearts that they wouldn't dare lift a finger to a, to hurt another person. Jew or Arab, because they kill themselves as well. There's so much fighting between the Arabs and the Arabs that the Israeli police have to go in there as well. The Arabs themselves, the ones who don't like it, are screaming, help us, get, come into our neighborhoods and stop this, these family feuds and these political feuds and the killings and the, and the criminal and, and, the, and the corruption that we're suffering. And by the way, there is suffering from that in Gaza as well under the Hamas but they voted in their government in in uh, democratic elections 70% of the citizens in Gaza the Arabs in Gaza voted in the Hamas government now they've got it now they've got the corruption and the violence and the lack of lack of freedoms All right more When we get back, because my music's going to be coming on, I'm going to read you a few more articles of what's going on in the news here in Israel. And then hopefully we're going to be speaking with a doctor who is trying to get into Israel, to see his family here. Can't. Israel's locking the gates again. Why? Because of a pandemic that... Ninety-nine point nine seven of the people survived without treatment.
1: We'll be right back. everyone this is andrea simento from jerusalem inviting you to drop everything and join me on my show pull up a chair we'll visit this week's quirky stories meet fabulous guests and discover my israel together we'll laugh shout and explain the topics that make us say hey we've got to talk about that so get comfortable and pull up a chair with me andrea simento every thursday on israel news talk radio
0: We are back here at the tomorrow on show at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I want to remind you again that if you go to our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, at the top of the page there, you are going to see a green uh, banner going across where you can register for free and become part of our live audience for our branching out into video shows, live video shows, and which will later be podcasted and available on demand to watch at your convenience, on Rumble.com. Unfortunately, we cannot post these on our YouTube channel because YouTube, many of the topics that we talk about are censored on YouTube, but we are bold enough and, may I say, brave enough to talk about subjects that could get us uh, banned and censored on other venues. So follow us on Rumble.com user slash I-N-T-R for Israel News Talk Radio, I-N-T-R. You can subscribe to us there and then you can watch all of our videos on demand. Otherwise, if you'd like to be our participating live audience, you can register for our Zoom link. It's all free. Just go to our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com at the top of the page there in green. It says register for free here and become part of our live audience. All right, getting back to a weak government breeds more terror. Here's another article from Arut Sheva. Homish yeshiva under siege. As I told you in the last segment, that uh, Yehuda Dementman was studying at the yeshiva. That's a uh, school for learning Torah. And he was killed uh, there. And what happened after the attack? It says here that the IDF, Israel, uh, Israel's Defense Force, barricades entrance to the Chomish Yeshiva days after the student was killed in this terrorist attack. It says overnight the IDF set up an imp- improvised checkpoint on the way to the Chomish settlement in northern Samaria and blocked access to the settlement. Quote, During the last night, forces arrived at the scene and closed the entrance to the settlement. The army also placed new concrete blocks at the site. They're huge, giant blocks that cars cannot go past, which completely blocked the axis, and an IDF jeep does not allow Jewish vehicles to reach the settlement, said Shmuel Wendy, the, the yeshiva dean. Wendy added, This is an inconceivable absurdity. It is simply a reward for terrorism. Instead of, instead of an appropriate Zionist response, the army wants to evacuate the settlement in response to the murder of Yehuda Demetman. The people of Israel will not let this happen. He added, over Shabbat, the Sabbath, dozens of yeshiva students stayed at the site along with dozens of students from other yeshivas who came to strengthen the yeshiva students at Homesh. In response to the blockade by the army, the students of the Chomesh yeshiva decided to erect makeshift buildings overnight. I'm not going to go through this whole article, but I want to say here that this is crazy. It is absolutely crazy that in response to a terror attack, the Jewish people are punished. Not the terrorists. Not those who harbor and help the terrorists, but the Jews, the innocent, law-abiding citizen Jews. And they shut access to the yeshiva. Now you would ask yourself, scratching your head, why would the Israeli government do such a thing? I don't know. I would would, uh, guess that perhaps they don't want any more trouble and risk that the Arabs in their coalition may get upset if there's any demonstrations at this um, yeshiva over the murder of Yehuda, or that more Arabs come and want to hit a second deck. Who knows? But this is not a show of strength. This is uh, laughter, in my opinion, from the Arabs saying, look, we killed a Jew and now we shut down also a yeshiva in this same area. Wow, we did good. Let's do some more. Let's do some more. By the way, I didn't tell you that other people were also injured in this attack. There were, I think, over 30 bullet holes in the car that uh, that was shot at. Let me go to another article quickly here. Bennett says terrorists must know they are on borrowed time. The prime minister praises security forces for arresting terrorists who shot and killed Yehuda Dementman. It says here Prime Minister Naftali Bennett praised the security forces who carried out the arrest of the terrorists who murdered Yehuda Dementan, uh, and he said this on Sunday morning. Quote, I I commend the Shabak, which is Israel's internal intelligence, the IDF and the National Counter-Terror Unit for quickly closing the circle by joining forces and cooperating, which led to the capture of the terrorists from the attack in Samaria, Bennett said. Now I want to stop here for a moment and say, if we are able to so quickly get the information of who killed Yehuda and shot at the rest of the Jews in the car, and wounded them. If we can find out this information, who they were, and where they are, so we can even go in and get them, why can't we use this intelligence that we have to prevent it in the first place? If we know there's a terror cell somewhere... If we can find out this information even where they are afterwards when they're really hiding because they just committed a crime, all the more so we should be able to go in and nip it in the bud. But again, we don't. And I believe, and this is my opinion, we don't do it because we don't want to ruffle feathers. And we don't want to lose a coalition government. We don't want news headlines on CNN and NBC and Al Jazeera and the BBC, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, how the Jews went in and did this or that. They'll just say that these Arabs were killed or these uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. They won't mention anything about them killing Jews or planning to kill Jews. And if they do, it'll be the last thing in the story. They continue and say here, I would like to convey to the family of Yehuda, dement, dement men, the pain is enormous, but terrorism will not win and will not move us from our place. But guess what? Terrorists did win. They not only won by killing a Jew, injuring others, but they won also by closing down access to a yeshiva, making us look even weaker in the eyes of the terrorists and deflated the rest of the Jewish population in thinking that the government is going to be able to protect us. Perhaps they will be able to, after the fact, after people are killed, go in and arrest and get the terrorists. But we want to prevent this from happening. The whole idea of having a government is to protect its citizens, not just to do justice after a crime was committed. I doubt it is much condolence to the wife of Yehuda. Four suspects were detained in the village of Silat al-Harithiyah, I hope I pronounced that right, northwest of Jenin over the area involvement in the murder. In addition to arrest security forces, confiscated security cameras in Palestinian Arab town in the Judin and Shechem Nablus areas. The investigation has found that two terrorists ambushed yeshiva students in the bushes and fired from a short distance at the car in which, the, in which Dementman and his two friends were riding. Yehuda was pronounced dead at the scene and his friends were evacuated to hospital. This is what we're facing here in Israel. When is the next attack going to be because the terrorists are so emboldened now from this weak response? You're not strong just because you can arrest people who who perpetrated and who broke the law. You're strong when you can keep peace and safety in your country. Because people who are willing to die in order to kill Jews or commit their terrorism, they don't care. I remember in Beslan, Russia, some years ago, when one of the, uh, uh, the, the terrorists was talking to a parent, the mother was pleading... I think she was a mother. She was pleading with the terrorists. They had taken over a school. It was the first day of school. They had hundreds of children and teachers that they held hostage in the school, and they had bombs set everywhere. And the Russian police surrounded the area, and she was pleading with them. And she was saying to them, "Please, what is it? What are your demands? Our our mayor can can maybe meet them. W- what can we do? What can we give you?" And he looked at her and he said. We didn't come for money, or I don't remember the exact words he said, but he said, we came here to die. Now how do you negotiate with people like that? How? So you've got to cut the head off of the snake before it bites and that would be a strong government and not one that depends on Arabs who support these, uh, the, the, the end of the state of Israel, support a Palestinian state, support these organizations, and not depend on them to keep your government alive. It is humiliating. It is unjust. It is a terrible, terrible thing. When we get back, we're going to be talking about Israel's borders being closed and how hard it, hard it is to get here to visit, even if you have family here. We'll be
1: right back. Are you interested in transforming your life, drawing closer to the Creator, and uncovering the deeper meanings and hidden treasures in the Hebrew Bible? Then join me, Rav Yitzhak Michelson. And me, William Hall. On the Science of Kabbalah where we are seeking to narrow the gap between what we understand of our physical
0: and spiritual worlds. So make sure to tune in every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Israel
1: time, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Israel News Talk Radio.
0: All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yonah Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com, and we're going to turn our attention now to the borders of Israel, and this government's handling of who can come in and who can't, and it's mostly who can't again now. Our next guest is Stephen. I don't know if he wants his last name given out. I'll let him uh, give it out if he wants to. He's a cardiologist living in Florida with most of his family living here in Israel. Now, he wanted to come visit Israel this last uh, year or so, but was rejected three times due to the COVID restrictions that this government has placed on Israel's borders. Uh, why is there not enough anger about this? I want to welcome to the show Stephen.
1: Thank you, Tomorrow, I'm a great fan of your show. I listen to it loyally, driving back from my office and my practice. So essentially, I have uh, at least 50% of my children and the majority of my grandchildren now living in Israel. And I've the first episode happened during a birth of a granddaughter earlier this year, which we had tickets to go. And of course, because of the lockdown, we were not able to uh, achieve our goals. So we banked that ticket and booked something else further down the line in the year. And once again, right before uh, uh, actually making the trip, uh, it became exceedingly difficult to uh, get in once again, even though I have family members and there were certain exemptions made. then further down the line, this happened once again. So I had three separate tickets built up in the airline industry to be used. Finally, I thought this December things would be settled down. So I made plans to come for, for Hanukkah to see my grandchildren. And as you know, suddenly within within hours, the country was shut down. My kids were frantic trying to achieve uh, some way, some way I can get past come in and, and they were felt helpless. So within hours, I managed to find out that if I left the United States before midnight on Sunday, I would be able to come in. So I changed my ticket, packed within uh, 20 minutes, had a friend of mine who's a pediatrician opened his office on Sunday. And unlike Israel, Sunday is not a normal day that offices are open. Gave me a COVID test, ran to the airport, and made the flight, which was uh, remarkable given all the things that I had to fill out, including there's still paperwork that had to be done. So my whole point in coming and writing to you tomorrow was I'm shocked at the personality because I know how Israelis feel. Why are they not protesting? Uh, The tourism industry, the restaurant industry, all everyone in the economy that's affected by this lockdown why are they not protesting? I mean, if there was a real reason, like at the beginning, which we really did not know a lot about this virus uh, and its variants, I could understand the fear. But now that we clearly know how the how the virus is transmitted, who is at risk, majority of people are vaccinated. Why are they not demonstrating where is the fire behind uh, the Israelis? To to regain their their income, and their normal life.
0: And what about the the tourists that want to come to Israel? Are they writing uh, Israeli embassies? Are they um, complaining as well?
1: No, they're not. That's the whole, that's the point. It's it's not a one sided Israeli thing. It's uh, the other uh, all the groups that come to to Israel, whether it's America, the United Kingdom, all the all those tourism groups. Why are they just being complacent? Uh, It's the same thing happening here. Why are people complacent with certain laws being implemented to have to do this or have to do this when there's not scientific evidence? As a physician and a scientist, uh, I I just don't understand the rationale behind it, except fear, uh, fear that's unrational.
0: Okay, so basically you're a doctor, you're a scientist, and you're saying that there really is no reason to seal the borders. And there's no reason to stop people from coming to visit their families here or to stop tourism and to hurt the economy here by stopping tourism, et cetera.
1: Correct, because we all know that the majority of Israelis are vaccinated. The majority of people coming into Israel are vaccinated. And the new variant, as you know, causes nothing more than a couple of sniffles and a runny nose and people that are already vaccinated. I am not talking about the unvaccinated, high-risk people who probably shouldn't be traveling at all. I'm talking about the vaccinated uh, people who may still get the virus, but are not going to get the virus at a, at a, a point where they're going to require extensive medical attention and take away from hospital beds in Israel, or or use up medical resources.
0: Okay, so so we're we have a situation here where you're saying scientifically. It does not make sense. And yet the government is saying that it does. The government is saying that the Omicron is so, da- it's so dangerous and we have to prevent uh, its entrance into Israel. It's already in Israel, by the way. And you're saying, but it's not a serious variant of corona, that maybe it's more spreadable, but it's certainly not more dangerous. That's what you're saying?
1: Correct. It is definitely more contagious. I mean, some studies show it maybe 70 times more uh, communicable than uh, the Delta variant. However, it is clearly, as the virus keeps mutating, less and less uh, uh, virulent, especially in the vaccinated world, about people getting sick. As you know, my knowledge uh, to this point, there's been only one fatality from this uh, uh, variant thus far in the world, in the world. I'm not I don't know the data about hospitalizations, but I would assume that it's exceedingly low, given what we know. thus thus far. So I don't understand.
0: Have you been in touch with any of your peers here in Israel?
1: My peers, meaning my family?
0: No, meaning your uh, other doctors and other cardiologists here in Israel, other doctors here in Israel.
1: Uh, I have not. I mean, when I got, when I did happen to get in, uh, uh, and I spent uh, a beautiful two weeks all over the country traveling with my family, Uh, I spent my time with my grandchildren and children. I really did not spend any time uh, investigating the medical community.
0: Okay, so I just want to say here that what's happening here in Israel is happening in other countries as well. Look at Australia closing their borders and other countries around the world closing their borders. And I mean... You know, we, I, we don't have enough time to go into many of the reasons that um, a, a, are a bit deeper into perhaps some of the motivations of countries to do this and to take away people's rights of who can travel, where they can travel. I mean, they're going to start saying now to Israelis, Israelis cannot travel to almost almost every country in the world soon. That's, that's what we believe that they're going to decide soon. And, you know, this is a terrible thing of our rights being taken away by a so-called pandemic that uh, 99.97% of the people who get corona survive it. Usually the people who die from it are people who have pre-existing conditions and or did not get any treatment for it. They just waited until they got so sick that they showed up at the hospital because they couldn't breathe anymore. And what more can you do when you don't take care of this soon enough? And we do know that there are effective treatments to help uh, people who get corona. But again, most people survive corona without any treatment whatsoever. So why uh, this uh, crazy lockhold on populations and travel and our rights, et cetera. So um, with the last uh, couple of minutes that we have in the show, I'm, g- I'm going to let you, uh, you know, let you have it and tell
1: us what you'd like to leave us with. Well, I would like to leave you with, you know, some med- medical facts. Uh, basically everything you said is, <clears throat> is correct. Uh, the high risk patients are the ones that need to be the most concerned. And high risk defined as people that are either <clears throat> obese, diabetic, or they have underlying lung disorders. Those are the people at highest risk. And a lot of those patients, people have already been vaccinated. And if they do get uh, Corona or some form of it, the majority of those people survive, as you said, with a high survival rate with, with, with or without treatment. So, the point is, I'm not sure where we're going and what we're trying to prevent at this time. And I'm not sure where the end game is. What is the end game? If the end game is we don't want any cases of this virus anywhere in the world, then we are not going to win this battle. Because as the world knows, viruses are going to be around forever and we're never going to conquer it. What we need to do is learn how to live with it, live with it in a safe way so we can get back to our normal lives without restrictions on travel without social distancing and without wearing masks, especially in children.
0: Mm-hmm. So it would seem to me that children um, should not get vaccinated, that they should be able to get the corona if it if they do get it, and that they, in 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 turn, would help give us the immunity that we need by being exposed to the kids to be able to build up our own antibodies against the corona and just live our lives as usual. And those who are afraid for whatever reasons that they may get infected and they don't want to, then they can isolate themselves and they can stop traveling, but not to put it on the rest of the entire world. Would you agree?
1: hundred percent agree. As a matter of fact, that's exactly what I, that's my position paper uh, statement that I tell all patients when they come in asking whether they should have their, their uh, how they should deal with their grandchildren, their children, whether their children should be vaccinated. Um, I'm not a person against vaccination. Vaccination is certainly needed for anyone who falls into certain categories. But people that are extremely low risk like people under 30 years old who have no pre-existing conditions, I'm not even sure how the vaccination push uh, has. It's another, a whole nother topic. I'm sure we don't have time to get into why that's occurring because those patients, uh, people are, even if they do get Corona, they're going to do quite well and probably would be better off getting Corona because they'll have all the natural immunity.
0: Well, wow, that's great. I, I, uh, I'm I so happy t- and pleased to hear you say that because it makes sense. And nothing seems to make sense with all of these restrictions that this, these governments are putting on their populations around the world. Uh, Dr. Stephen, who is a cardiologist in Florida, thank you for coming on the show. And God bless you. Stay healthy. And please come back to Israel again soon. Everything should be good for all of us.
1: All the best to you and all this everyone who to the show.
0: Thank you, everyone
1: well. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page, and don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. If you're hearing this message, everyone else can
0: too. Advertise with Israel News Talk Radio and get your message out to people. We'll build a personalized package for you. Contact advertising at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com straight talk from israel you're listening to israel news talk radio hey this is jake in anchorage alaska and i love listening to all the super interesting interviews and up-to-date information on what's happening in israel
1: hello this is anna king originally from london now living in israel and what can I say?
0: Israel News Talk Radio is my cup of tea.
1: My name is Bhaskar, I'm from India, and I love listening because you get to know the truth and wonderful voices from this lovely country. Mom! Okay, wait a minute. Hi, this is Chava Dax and I'm calling for the rolling hills of Malaya Adumim, just north of Jerusalem. I always listen to Israel News Talk Radio to get all the latest news and commentary and to keep me up to date every day. This is Sarah Da from Malerjumim, and I'm 12. I wish Israel News Talk Radio was boring
0: so my mom wouldn't listen to it all the time. Mom! You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.
1: News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.